Hey everyone, welcome back to the Literacy-Based Speech Therapy Podcast. My name is Kaylin. And my name's Ashley. We are both licensed speech-language pathologists. If you have a love of picture books and want fresh ideas for using them in your therapy sessions, then you're in the right place. Today is a how-to episode, and we are discussing how to use wordless books in your therapy sessions. And then on our next two episodes, we're going to mention some of our favorites specifically that we think you would want to use in your therapy sessions. So I'll admit early in my SLP career, I didn't really appreciate wordless books. I certainly didn't use them in therapy. And it, you know, honestly, it wasn't until I found some wordless books that actually had a plot that I started feeling comfortable using books. So for me, you know, it made it easier to read them than just the ones that I would discover that were cute but maybe just had kind of a descriptive sequence or just something you would look at and point to the pictures. I needed a storyline. So if wordless books are new to you, or if you are not as super comfortable like I was, that's probably my first suggestion is find ones that you can discover the plot with. And also familiarize your the books before your therapy session so that you're comfortable. <laughs> then you could come up with a storyline. I think wordless picture books are often quickly dismissed as being too easy. Wordless books are not just simple texts appropriate for only a narrow audience of young children. There are many that have those higher level concepts. We need to remember that reading is not simply lifting the words off the page. There is so much from the language side of comprehension that wordless books can offer. A wordless format encourages visual literacy, deeper readings of the story based on individual interpretation. It also invites non-readers to develop vocabulary and narrative skill by reading the illustrations. I almost think that the wordless books force you to use your language since there are there are not words on there. So it's it almost like it forces you to use that language side when kids are often just focus so heavily on reading the the actual text. So when you do take out the text, it makes it more accessible to students of like any ability. It equals the playing field. When you take out the text, the burden is lifted. And our students, you know, maybe with speech sound disorders or those kids who know they struggle with reading, they have low confidence in reading. They can immediately feel less pressure by not having the words on the page for the beginning ones, like they can label the actions and the objects in the pictures. If you have some emerging readers or lower elementary, they can start to use those transition words. And then if you have some advanced readers, or if you're working with upper elementary, middle school, they can start to take those critical looks and even like tell stories from different perspective, work on inferences and figurative language. The power that wordless books that I now understand it holds that the reader gets to have their own imagination and more power in what the story can be about and what the story says. And we definitely want to be encouraging parents and caregivers to use them because just as they reduce the burden on children, the same goes for parents. You might have parents who you suspect are illiterate or maybe they speak English as a second language. Right. And it's hard to find bilingual books or books in other languages for parents to read to their children. We're encouraging parents to read to their kids all the time, but not all parents feel comfortable doing that because 
They don't have access to something they can read. And so removing words just takes away that pressure of the text for parents as well. And they might need some encouragement and coaching on how to do that, but then they can just take off and then they're reading to their kids. Right. I was actually reading an Amazon review for one of the wordless books we're going to share on the next episodes. It's called Fly by Mark Teague. The Amazon review just it it just made me smile and it said, "We found this at our local library and we fell in love with it immediately. At Christmas time, we got it as a gift from my brother-in-law and read it to his newborn to read to his newborn twins. He has dyslexia. And since this book has no words, but you tell the story based on the pictures, we thought it would be perfect way for him to read to his babies. And it's like, you know, we have to remember there are a lot of adults out there who want to read to their kids and wordless books offer that ability. They, like you said earlier, they may need a little more guidance, but think about that, not just from the perspective of your specific students, but if you're sending books home with your kids or recommending them to parents, a wordless list might be more powerful than you know. Yes. And while this burden may be welcome to some kids, others may push back that it's not really a story and it's just a simple book to look at. And it's so important that students know that a wordless book is still a narrative. It's a visual narrative. The storyline can be open to some personal interpretation, but it's still a legitimate narrative. And I will say you can look up wordless books like a So fly, you can look up on YouTube, fly, read aloud. Sometimes when the quote readers are reading the book, they're just kind of labeling. And so it is a story. So we do want to encourage the storyline, the narrative. It's not, you're not pulling a wordless book to just name call. Right. And it's not just a look and see book, you know, like a, like a where's Waldo, you know, it's, we're working on narratives here in, in therapy. So So how do we use them therapeutically? I said before, it took me a while to figure it out, but we can use them therapeutically. Yeah. And it took me a while as well. We can use wordless books during an assessment. And we've discussed that in a previous episode, whenever we talked about a narrative assessment, they're ideal for a language sample. If in an assessment, you are determining if they have the skill to tell you a story without any assistance. Right. Yeah, they're they're perfect for a language sample. Mm-hmm. Using wordless books in there, I think it's a critical part of our language intervention. You can teach figurative language, vocabulary, story plot, and even speech sounds. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some critical thinking that comes along specifically for wordless books, readers, you know, of that, like when you're using a wordless picture book, they have to use those critical thinking skills. You know, they have to infer the story plot, the character motivations and the relationships. The wordless books encourage the development of visual literacy. Readers learn to interpret those visual cues like facial expressions, body language, and other contextual clues which are essential for understanding and interpreting narrative content. And you're not going to get any of that information from a text. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, it, like I said earlier, it kind of almost forces our kids to rely on those language concepts. Now, I think wordless books do require a little more prep from us. You know, you can't just randomly grab a book off the shelf and pull out 
the vocabulary words or, you know, anything else, you really do kind of need to sit down with the books beforehand. And familiarize yourself with them. Yeah. So when we remove words from a narrative, we are essentially forcing our students to rely on their inferring skills, perspective taking, sequencing, and other language skills needed for comprehension. Right. And, you know, speaking back to narrative assessment on that earlier episode, mm-hmm. by kindergarten, they need to be able to tell a true narrative based on, you know, some basic structure. By late elementary, their narrative should involve more complex narrative plots and multiple perspectives. So keep those language milestones in mind during your assessments and during therapy. If you're giving them a wordless book, they still should be able to tell you the plot of the story. You might need to bring out those grammar, like the story grammar visuals. We have those in my TPT store. We'll link to those in the show notes. But again, just because you're taking out the text doesn't mean they shouldn't still be able to figure out the plot of the story. Also, when students come up with their story, either verbal or written, make sure they're using a variety of transition words. I often let them build their story and then we go back and edit. A lot of kids will use the phrase and then, and then, and then this happened with wordless books. So we may need to bring out a list of like transitional words to help cue them to use a variety that keep the story going and help you know when the problem happens. Kind of like when kids say the word said, said, he said, she said, they said, you know, like we need to take out that um, linguistic, you know, change out those linguistic phrases. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I like that other than just the same transition word. It does take a little more prep, but you know, don't forget you can also use wordless books to target speech sounds, those high language language concepts and vocabulary. So I know I can pull wordless books off the shelf for the same goals. I've got that now. I've got that concept now. Again, it requires more prep. But if you think about the wordless books, maybe in the titles, but you know, like the word the book Professional Crocodile, you can use that CR blend because crocodiles throughout the whole book. You Mm -hmm. might be targeting the CH sound. So I would pull out the book Chalk. If I'm working on high-level language and figurative language and inferencing, I'm going to pull out the book Rosie's Glasses. Again, we're going to get into specific books more in the next two episodes, but just be aware. You can work on speech sound concepts or specific language concepts in many of these books. If we are looking for the evidence to use wordless books, we will still be guided by research that points us to using narratives in therapy. We have definitely provided that in previous episodes, but we did find a few specific articles that mention wordless books in particular, and we wanted to share them with you. So Schnick and colleagues, sorry if the name's not correct, but They provided support for the use of wordless books by showing that when preschool teachers of English-Spanish dual-language learners used wordless picture books, they asked more questions and encouraged more participation from the students compared to using a text-based book. Frank Serafini, 2014, he wrote that imagination is an important part of the process of reading visual narratives. Readers are being asked to actively participate in the construction of the narrative and cannot rely simply on the literal decoding of written text. And then Knudsen and Lindar, 1988, so sorry, suggested that wordless picture books 
offer numerous pedagogical benefits for emerging readers, including the development of pre-reading skills, sequential thinking, a sense of story, visual description, and inferential thinking. And then our last research just states illustrations can provide children with visual cues in which to imagine story events and infer what may happen next. Children rely on their oral language ability to tell a story when they are not burdened with the task of decoding text. And that's by Collins and Glover, 2015. Right. So I often get asked to provide quotes or, you know, to provide the evidence for the research. So we will link to those in the show notes if that's important to you. But again, especially that last one where you it said, you know, illustrations provide the visual cues to imagine story events and infer what might happen. They rely on their oral language. So again, they're, it's forcing them to use their oral language to tell the story when they don't have that burden of the text. So again, I have now found power in wordless books. I hope you guys use wordless books. And then on our next two episodes, make sure you come back because we're going to feature some of our favorite wordless books and what specific language targets you can use with each of them. So you, if you guys are familiar with my website book search or some of my book companions or narrative notes or that the book inventory, the key teaching points, we are doing the work for you. We're going through the books and pulling out all the specific speech and language skills. We hope that is helpful to you. So if you're a little uncertain or not confident in using books, or maybe you just love having all the language targets ready, written out for you, don't forget, we do have several wordless books available in the narrative notes on TPT. So we will link to those in our show notes. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We know you're a busy SLP, so thanks for spending some of your time with us today. Click the description for this episode on your listening app or go to sweetsouthernspeech.com to access the show notes. We will include any links mentioned. And to continue the conversation, come hang out with us on Instagram at Literacy Based Speech Therapy, where we share lots of books to use in your therapy sessions. We would love to hear your thoughts on what you heard today. Please leave us a review on your listening app. We'll catch you in the next episode. 